Welcome to the Ether. Today is Wednesday, January 25th, 2023. Today on the Ether, part three of the three part space hosted by the DAO formerly known as Lunk. Will Lunk explode immediately? Let's take a listen. MP3, I feel like you're, make, you're saying, like, talk to the hand for like yeah. the last 10 minutes. Dismissive. I don't like it. It's very dismissive. Talk to the hand. I- I, it was uh, the face. Don't want to understand. It was more out of respect. Oh no! I muted everyone. MP3. I'm gonna go to bed after you make your speech. But you have like two, three minutes to make a speech of some kind, or your your feelings for the day, or your insights, or your wisdom. Um, maybe something you'd like to share with the the baseline assumption that you might never see any of us again, and we we'll hopefully learn something from this small interaction that we'll take with us forever. And because you only have a few minutes to talk, because you only have a few minutes to talk, you only have a few minutes to talk. So just make them worthwhile is all I'm trying to say. Like, don't let anybody get in your way. Why don't you make yourself heard? Why don't you imagine really well, just imagine, Imagine MP3 that you're in hospital and it's your last five minutes of life <laughs> and all of your friends and family come to the and you have you have the last five minutes to share something profound with us, something that might change our lives and also help us remember you. Um what would that be? And put aside all the distractions, because in the hospitals there's always like nurses wanting to come check your pulse and there's like machines going yeah. I'm, I'm don't worry like about all the freaking without, without your commentary. Some, I'm I'm really good about it, Grant. Thank you. Take um, whatever coach. like morphine coach. you like and, and make sure you're settled and focused. <laughs> We're all around you now, staring at you in the bed. Like coach. like look at look at our faces around you in the room. There are fifty people here and they're all expectant. They're like, what's he going to say for his last words? Oh, gosh. So much. Uh, it's time okay. to take your temperature. Okay. Uh, turn me over, doctor. Put, it, put the thermometer in my butthole. I'm too busy drinking my protein shakes. Uh, coach. You're down as, to three minutes. As I said before, coach, I'm your clipboard. Uh, I'm, I'm the Jenner to your Bruce. And I'm your key pocket to your Wrangler. And uh, I'm just so honored to be here for your last couple of minutes on your space. And I'm super excited. That, uh, You've got a lot of interference. Maybe you're going in a truck through. It sounds, like, it sounds like he has one of those, like, let's say you had a laryngeal cancer and like you had to have your larynx removed. And you know how there's that the robotic um, like keeping the whole voice transducer. 
it sounds like he's got cancer and um like he's pulling like a Val Kilmer on us or something. And like, yeah, he's using this like voice changer thing. That's what it sounds like, MP3. <laughs> and he is in the hospital. If you remember, yeah. he's in the hospital, C5. This is kind of, you've done a lot of pulmonary stuff, right? So I think it just is he going to be okay? Hey, Grin, uh, don't talk. But yeah, um, there's room to grow for new exchanges that are regulated. And I, w- I just hope you guys are looking to regulated uh, exchange coins. No. That's, that's all. That's all I wanted to say. That was your last words. No, coach. Um, I'm too drunk for this. Don't do this. He's flatlining. Somebody shock him. Too drunk should be like you're less inhibited and you're more willing to enter the scenario. You need to try some different alcohol. Whatever that is, it's not working. Coach, (laughs) I had so many fun times on Twitter spaces, but you and Septi's spaces by far, like, engulf me with knowledge and entertainment and I'll miss you guys tell my my mother that my past phrases are arrows wings another day tomorrow Shaniqua passcode nowhere that's my C phrases please let her know and don't let anybody know the C phrases. Okay. There's 33 Bitcoin. You can have two of them. Just make sure she gets 31. I love you. Good night. We love you too. And we'll miss you. And Where is it? we'll always remember your passion for Crypto Swarm AI. And even though you pass away, you will remain a CryptoSwarm AI Discord moderator in recognition of your achievements. And if anyone tries to demod you, I will fight to remod you and leave you in the inactive usernames with your moderator title forever. Doctor, where do we put the used sheath for the rectal thermometers? I usually work at the other hospital. Just put it right back in the cabinet. I didn't know you guys did the same thing. Okay. Let's do a let's do a quick lunar price prediction before we go to sleep. I'm going to sleep. All right. Uh peak lunar price this year, Seppi. What do you think? This year. Um 20, the whole of 20 absolute peak. The the peak it hits at any point. Let's uh I'm gonna give it uh twelve in, bucks. Yeah, and ignoring the past, just taking this year only, basically. 12 bucks, let's, let's call it that. Okay, what about you, Grin? Um, over the counter, I think it could trade it. Uh, I'm, I'm in favor of 12 bucks. In fact, I'd, I'd, I'll give you 12 bucks for one lunk right now. See if I just to, to make your prophecy come true over the counter. The. The over-the-counter trade of Luna to Lunk, um, the 10 to 1 one, was sadly stopped by the Turkish community. So that's off just for clarity. I don't know if you missed my post, Grin, but it's, um, no. I know that was the official one, but I'm just saying like unofficially, just to make C5's prophecy come true, 
and to make him feel more confident in making predictions in the future publicly for financial advice, I'm willing to give him $12 for one lunk. I will go higher, by the way. I think I'll go to $14 this year. Woo-wee! Somebody over here is rich! That's only a 7X. I don't know why you guys are praising a 7X. Well, it's state of the market, isn't it? It's yeah, yeah. It's, it's also this year, yeah. I reckon there will be a very weird effect where people wake up exponentially quickly, and this weird, like, did you do you remember we saw it like the last few weeks when Luna went from like um, one point five or something to to two point five quite quickly? There was a weird amount of people who just appeared, <laughs> like the crypto wizard and whoever else. And um, I think Al God, what's his name? He he bought like a, a long position or something. The guy who like fudded it so much. Um, a bunch of people just woke up, and like a bunch of old community members started like posting again. It was very interesting. Um, I I don't know, like I can't quite explain it, but intuitively. It feels like there's this weird, potent pool of energy, um, and it's like it's some kind of function of the the negative attention and everything that's happened, and the the prior high and whatever else has happened in the past, and it just feels like it's going to accelerate a lot quicker than anything else at some point. Um, the rubber band theory. The what? Sorry. Rubber band theory. To uh, extend, the further you extend into negativity, the faster and the further you'll go into the other direction. Yeah, yeah. The, the, I mean, there's a lot of like quotes around this and stuff. Like the the worse something becomes, the the faster it will turn around, and the quicker the and the more the upside. There are loads of these kind of things, and, and like elastic bands or whatever. But it is weird. It's it's almost like it's a function of the the prior attention or the general attention. And there's a mismatch between um, where it is now and the total amount of attention it's received in the past. And it's like, it, it just needs to price itself out. It, like the price goes up and the minds open, Ex- exponentially the minds open and they rewrite themselves and they become advocates or whatever. And it's like this, I don't know, it's, it's a, I don't know, it's like, um, I can't explain it quite. It's, um, I think it will just accelerate faster than everything else at some point. Yeah, there's, there's, there's kind of a tipping point price, though, like at above which, like, you will have all the world's media sort of like focus in on it again and say, oh, this is the thing that crashed, but look, it's going up and look, it's exactly. going to crash. Like, there's a story there to tell. Um, that's what I that's mean. That's different than just mm-hmm. simply going up. This is the one that crashed and wrecked everybody, but look at it go up. So the news media just will tend to do this automatically for you. It's yep. just also a function of like manipulating the news media a little bit to like pay attention. <laughs> like, you know, you just tag them like crazy. What's and, the um, question yeah. in terms of the top price? Like for how long? Because if it gets volatile, it no, could... it's just like a minute. That's it. Just I people... mean, in that case, I'm going to go with what I've learned from CFI, and that is uh, the meme effect. And then maybe we can see like an all time high for Luna. Um, you know, uh, for like, you know, on some exchange for a few minutes, who knows? I think there'll be a belief effect as well. Like 
when it hits 10, 15, 20, people will start to think, oh shit, he's really going to do it. <laughs> he's really going to run it back. Um, and right now is why I've like, I've like kind of had a, do you remember when the, the, um, oh, whatever, like there've been various news stories that have come out and you see them on Twitter and you see the comment section. People don't know what's going on. Like we forget how internal we are to, to Luna. You know, the, the core builder community, you know, the rebirth chat, Sefi and stuff like that, that's 350 people and they kind of know what's going on. And people like, um, T-Ball and, you know, down below and, and Ura and Grin and everything else, they, they kind of know what's going on, but kind of through a, an unusual level of time commitment and focus to see what's going on and interaction with people who are more internal and maybe speak to Doe or whatever. Um, but it's a very small kind of circle right now. People in general do not know what's going on. And the only way they will know what's going on is when price goes up. And there'll be a point where it's like a belief shift. Like there'll be a point where and, you get like 15, by, 20 by, by the way, it, it happens to all of us, I would add. Yeah. It's not like like there's a you know hundreds of cryptos and this and that. And which ones am I paying attention to? I'm paying attention to ones that everyone else is paying attention to. Why am I paying attention to those? Because they show up on your feed and stuff. Um, and then you're like, oh, I hadn't thought about that in a while, but oh, look, it went up. And then you're like, oh, shit, it already doubled or whatever. Like, maybe I shouldn't bother or, uh, this type of thing. But like, it happens to all of us. It's not like every one of us has a, you know, like a, a chart of 300 coins or some shit. Like we're watching the entire thing and like we're, we know exactly which one is at the bottom and we're buying that or whatever. All of us have this effect of the price meme. Whereas like even people that are seasoned, like, you know, you got your out gods and whoever the fuck else, like they're, they're, they're trying to like, um, make back their FTX losses or whatever fucking like they're even they're speculating on Luna all of a sudden because because they I think there's a sense that they know that like if it yeah. starts going up everyone's going to talk about it it's, it's it's for sure right it's like yeah, a, I don't understand I don't understand though because the, the one thing that kind of throws a wrench in this is that it's not just price alone that brings people because Luna already went to like seven dollars in September and then it gradually wound down but people weren't getting excited. Like there was no one talking about it back then. So I think there's yeah, a few but, other things that, that happened too. That was very, very proximal to the crash. So it was like, it's obvious yeah. that it was going to be a pump and then it would fall, right? Like There was no, wasn't. nothing released then. Like it was just yeah. nothing. Not only uh, that, but too many people were like overtly poor after the overall crypto market crash. So like nobody was in the mood. People returned to, to work. You know, it was only a few nutcases like us who stood there and just carried on. <laughs> Loyally, Stockholm Syndrome or whatever. But it, 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 there's some weird aspect where it just feels pregnant. Um, and it feels like it's going to give birth as the price goes up. Uh, I'll give you an example. Like when Luna gets to $30, don't you think that 98% of people would feel that $100 is just implied? Like if it has come back out of the grave that much, doesn't it feel then absolutely obvious that it can get back over all-time high? And that's how you get those um, like fib extensions, right? That's how you wind up with these like, um, like, uh, you know, 10x above the prior high types of numbers, right? These weird, or, or like a 2x over the prior high, but a 20x off the bottom type of thing. Like you, you see this kind of thing all the time. And that's exactly what happens, like over yeah. and over and over again, right? But I'm not even speaking about fibs or something like that. It's It's just like a thing that kind of crawled out of the gutter <laughs> you you suddenly believe it yeah. 
point. Like you, on a weird belief level, you're like, it's going to do it. Yeah, my point is it's not general. It's like this is true of something like a Luna, but it's also true generally of these types of assets. And I agree. The fifth extensions are, 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 are a reflection of human behavior. They're not just sort of like, like the conceptually, it's like this, these weird markups where the price like does these 10, 20x from the bottoms and 10x's and 100x's off the bottoms, things like that. Like there's no rationality to it. It's just like people behaving. And that's what you're seeing like with these wild, with these wild price jumps. And I think, yeah, once you reach a certain point, it's like mm, the buzz becomes extreme for Luna relatively because it's relatively um, like it has the max seller exhaustion too. That's the thing. Like who's left to sell at some point, right? Like they're all gone. So uh, everyone else is like, okay, we'll just sit here and I'll forget about it. And a lot of people forgot about their Luna, by the way, it's sitting in some, wallet somewhere and they don't give a shit and maybe they didn't even claim the airdrop and they don't care because they got maybe the airdrop wasn't enough to bother mm -hmm. you know like if you had like millions of dollars worth of luna and you got an airdrop okay well you're pretty interested in that going up but if let's say you had like i don't know five thousand bucks of luna and you got some airdrop which is now worth a nickel or whatever it is um then you're not nearly as interested in messing with it so that like a lot of that will just simply go dormant also it just nobody will do anything with it and that will like like it's almost like a supply destruction of itself. Yeah. Yeah. Like the whole Genesis thing was a very strange thing. Cause a lot of the people that got the airdrop or whatever, probably a lot of people, I wonder what proportion first, like how many people don't even know that they got an airdrop? You think, I think it's 50? quite a lot. Probably and 50. I had to guess. It, you know, those, the fractal thing about what we we're talking about earlier, like the merge and whatever, there was also a really weird fractal with, with the crash. There were a lot of people who were like, fuck crypto, just, just left. <laughs> um, they, they didn't come back. They just walked out of the door. They were like, never again. Um, and it's interesting as well, watching the comments, like people will say things like, I lost everything in Luna once. I'm not losing it in Luna again. <laughs> it's just this weird application of like using a word. They're not like taking in any kind of peripheral information or any important information. It's just, like, avoiding that coin <laughs> avoiding that particular thing and it's it's almost like this um primitive thing where like a dog bit you when you were five so now you're afraid of dogs or something <laughs> the same part of the mind is happening it's quite interesting to watch um but yeah that's, I, that's definitely what happens exactly um, like that it, it feels like the fact of the past and the fact of attention and the fact of everything there'll be a, a multiplier on these normal effects as the price goes up and it'll just be exponential and the news well, you, you, you know what they say right max pain is oh i should have got luna at the bottom <laughs> it's like 50 bucks or whatever I'm like oh whoops you know so then like there's this whole pile of people that sort of pile in after it goes up right like so they drive the the second half of that sort of crazy pump usually they're like oh like okay maybe i could gain back my money now if i just jump in now <laughs> like and then they get wrecked twice because they buy the top again which is a which is a problem yeah. yeah, like on the way Interesting down. Interesting how it has sort of the opposite effect on, on some people. That's sort of Stockholm effects we talked about, I guess. Yeah, and it's like, like know, some people that will walk away and wash their hands of it and say, I'll never touch that thing again. I got burnt. And yet and there's others who. I, I do feel yeah. a little bit like that on some things, though. Like, for example, like um, I got wrecked on my Voyager stock, right? And the. Dex token of Voyager. So, like, 
you know, I, I lost plenty of money there, um, like a lot. <laughs> and so, uh, and as a result, like, you know, am I going to be like so enthused about putting mega bucks into like whoever's Dex token? I'm just like more scarred by it maybe than most. So maybe I'm like, fuck that. Like, I don't want to mess with it. There's better opportunities elsewhere. So I think the same thing would happen to like if you lost a lot in Luna or anything else. But the difference with Luna and everything else is that like it's just a new new animal now. And really it's like mm, there's a lot of features about it that actually make it more attractive than a lot of other alternatives out there for me. So like I don't have an interest in getting rid of my Luna or anything like that. I think it's uh, really got more upside than a lot of things. So it's it's super interesting at that level. But yeah, I can understand why like some people get burned, be like, fuck this, I'm out. <laughs> I, I totally get it. Yeah. There were very, very few people who thought rationally during the crash. Um, it was an interesting thing to watch as well. Like there were so many opportunities around that time, if you could be smart. Like, the, the okay, the halt and the tokenomics change, that was massive. But even in the old ecosystem, there were loads that I was like fishing around looking at. Like, for example, the 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 mirror yield um, that's being emitted for four years was still there. And there were things like um, the spec vaults for mirrored assets, like MBTC with UST, stuff like that was earning like 2% a day um, because it was it was earning like a boosted APY from the mirror emissions. So I was like doing stuff like that after the crash, um, just just like looking around, but nobody was. <laughs> there were like two other people in the LP pools and stuff. Um, and um, and various people, I think, found loads of money in, in different places. I think somebody found um, some mirrored asset thing on some platform in Ethereum that it was paying out on. I can't remember exactly how it worked, but like he managed to make millions or something on that. Um, and the way the old the way the old ecosystem broke and the various apps around created like these crazy ARB opportunities everywhere, and all the people who used to do that stuff just disappeared. Like they gave up on it. Like they were heartbroken. Um, so in this chaos was all the opportunity. It was quite interesting um, how few people stayed rational. Some came back after, but really months after the true opportunities were there. Um, so I've kind of learned to. I think the ultimate. The simple thing everyone missed was was simply that the the tokenomics changed radically and suddenly um, when the mint burn was turned off and almost nobody noticed it. Um, so they didn't like if if you had noticed that and the obvious not uh, obviousness of it, you would rationally have invested a lot <laughs> after it stopped. Um, it just makes total sense. Another funny thing is it's like people get into a very kind of all or nothing behavior too. Like for example, like uh, I got some Adam at like, like under nine bucks again this time. And now it's at like close to 14, right? Like, so the opportunity is there, like, like right in front of you and nobody bothers to sort of grab it. Like when something's cheap and it doesn't need to be a lot. Like you don't have to say, well, I didn't put my life savings into Bitcoin at 16,000. And now it's at 23 and I missed that again, yet again, right? Like, but I bought it in that range and I wasn't like expecting perfection. It's up now. Should I sell it? Maybe, I don't know, like maybe I should. But the point is like, like there's always some, and then you don't have to go crazy. Like, a, you know, 
hundred bucks here and there or whatever is, is sufficient. Like you don't necessarily have to go nuts just because you're buying something. And um, it, like, so you, you miss every single upside when you just say, ah, oh, fuck it, don't bother. Like, so there's this tendency like, well, if I don't have the perfect buy where I can throw all my life savings into it, like then I'm, then I'm not going to go to my, I'm, that's, I'm not going to get the make it bag. I'm not going to um, like, you know, make the YOLO um, type money. I'm not going to have a villa in the fucking whatever French Riviera or something like, like this idea, like that you have to have a perfect win and um, only then you've got your Lambo or whatever. It just makes no sense at all. Like, like there's no obvious reason why like there was an obvious opportunity this whole last year to yeah, grab a little yeah. bit here and there. And I think those of us that did like are doing fine now. And those that didn't are just sort of like wondering, Oh, when the next opportunity is going to come, maybe they'll tell me when they're going to get something and like, maybe they're going to like, you know, make me moon my stuff and this kind of behavior. And I don't know, it's like, and there's no guarantee right now that whatever I bought won't go back to the same price I bought it. Like it's only realized if I sell it. But the point is like, um, you know, there's plenty of market movement. It's funny how like everyone gets into this like mode where it's like all of a sudden now, like, oh, before I was willing to throw a million bucks or something, but now like a thousand bucks I'm afraid of. Like, it's just weird. Like the lower it goes, the more confident you should get, not less confident. Like, it's, I don't know, it's weird. It happens every time though. It happens to everybody, I think, to some extent. There's also the kind of this concept where like, I think like if you're in a family, right? And let's say you buy something for like, I don't know, like 10 bucks and it goes down to five, you know, look your spouse and the wife eye and say, oh yeah, like you're down, we're down 50%, but we're all right. I'm getting more like, I don't know. People don't like to talk about when price goes down. Right. So it's like, it's like almost like, well, it's like a mistake you made or like it's an embarrassment or something. It's not interesting water cooler talk. You don't tell your friends about it. You don't tend to tell you like, oh, by the way, I bought such and such. It's down 50%, but you should get some now. Like typically I told you guys like it, as soon as I like find the good prices, I'm like, I call my cousin and he gets rich because he buys all the bottoms. Because like he'll, <laughs> whatever I get, like if it goes down 50% below that, then he gets it, which is hilarious. I should probably just like not buy when I want to and then like wait <laughs> if I'm buying too soon. But yeah, it's a funny thing. Um, you want to pay attention to the folks that already bought and are down and then you get it when they're, they're wrecked and it makes perfect sense. Yep. The more the screams, the more you buy. But we should see. We'll see. It should be fun. I think the next uh, coming, what, uh, year or so should be super interesting because like we only have till like uh, what, March 2024 for um bitcoin having again so like uh usually like late 2024 or something like that's usually when things start to pick up it takes a little bit while for like the the meme machine and the youtubers and all those other fuckers to come back <laughs> like so it takes a little while but so usually what will happen and by the way this is a common thing so since happening is a known time period like let's say march let's say around that time of 2024 everyone sort of knows like okay the price doesn't go up right then in fact, it may do the opposite. It sort of dumps around then. It goes up in the hype and it's going to dump. So like you will have an upswing before that, like usually by like maybe, you know, Christmas time or something like that. And then it'll, you'll front run the happening because people are like, Ooh, I'm going to buy Bitcoin because it's, it's going to go up when the happening happens. And then all the smart money dumps on all those retail people. So like <laughs> after happening, you ha it gets crushed again. And right then is like a great time. Like right after happening, you like watch it go down for a few months, it gets crushed and you buy it. And then like the bull market can begin when all the retail retards get wrecked. 
um, because that's always what happens to us. Like, you know, we buy when it's going up and, um, and then like the, everyone of oh, the smart money knows that's going to happen. So they know they can sell to that market and then buy back lower. So it always happens. So I think that's like how this will play out. Like late 2024, things go like maybe more berserk again. Um, and then like having time up until then you have like this rush and then a dump for that, um, is probable. Um, it's just like almost expected. So for that to occur now, now is January, right? So like you have to have like most likely you'll have an upswing between now and um, the following like March. So like within this year, some sort of rally and then has to happen before and then a crash. And that's usually how this plays out. It's very, very funny. It's like somewhat predictable. Um, if you've kind of watched this for a long time and like you had expectations of the happening and this and that, and everyone's like, Oh, it's going to go up. It's going to go up. And then it doesn't. And it waits. It's almost six months after that. So like late 2024, um, it could be that long before like the whole market goes berserk. So just that you have to be kind of patient about it. Don't, uh, don't get too disappointed because it doesn't like fit your timeline or something. Cause these things like take a lot longer than you think. And what'll happen is if you bought today, something right. It goes down for some reason. It crashes later in the year or whatever. You're all disappointed because like, oh shit, my life saving was down 50%. So you're likely to go and sell it. You're like, I'm going to like protect my assets. Before it goes down 90, I'm going to sell that. This thing's going to zero. Like people panic and then they sell low. It's really, uh, that's the most tragic thing to do is like when that's when you should be getting it, not the other way around. And um, that's what gets people really doubly wrecked. Like they got wrecked the first time and then the second cycle that they're living through they do all the opposites of shit that they should. They're like, oh yeah, I've got the discipline now. Like I'm, I'm, I'm in it to win it this time. And then they get fucked the next time too, which is very funny. Um, it takes almost like the third time before you're like, oh, I think I have this sort of like concept down. I gotta be more patient. I have to wait a lot longer and that sort of thing. And then the grid bots help a lot too. Just like if you do that, it helps with the, um, like, I don't know. You, you should probably, uh, almost everyone should have at least one bot running, I think, <laughs> to understand what they're sort of missing out on. I shall now go to bed. But before I do, and do you have any last words? I think I put Anne to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. You, Raj, do you have any last words or grin? Yeah. I really like you guys. Thank you for sharing this special time with me, especially uh, those of you who shared your absolute final moments on Earth during this call. It just means a lot to me to have been there and been a part of that. My, I feel, I feel myself. I've had walls up for a long time, but I feel myself starting to, to open up again to you. And I know that leaves me vulnerable, um, but I'm just going to take a chance, and I'm just going to take a chance and and kind of trust that you'll, you'll treat me right. So thanks for sharing that time. Sleep well. Thank you, Corinne. Thank you for co-creating this dream and pleasant dreams. Yeah. Does anyone like to listen to white noise while they sleep? We could all turn on the white noise. (laughs) Good night, guys. (laughs) We'll catch you later. You're actually trapped here, Sefi. Usually when you say that, you're the host. Oh, shit. You're really not going to sleep, are you? I'm just seeing if people can handle silence and then judging them if they can't. I definitely cannot. Are you one of those people who's always engaged with something, Sophie? Do you do you do not do you, do you do nothing at all 
at certain points, like just stare at a wall or something? Nope. I'm kind of a busybody. I have to keep doing things. If not a wall, like maybe like a like a disc of clay. You ever mm-hmm. stare at a disc of clay until you until you get the nimida? I don't think Seppi does that. No, no I don't look at discs of clay. And maybe I should try it, but I, I this hasn't happened yet. I, I don't sit around worrying that my life will be meaningless unless I have the ability to look at a disc of clay for maybe an hour and contemplate its contours and its creases or whatever it is, its color, its like mass. Um, I think I'm okay like without doing that. Then you are going to miss out on the ability to travel through stone. He's right. Travel through stone. Hmm. He's blowing up your thinking mind. Yeah, it's like a like a Marvel character or something. I think. I might start doing meditation spaces again. That's quite fun. I'd like that. I was thinking about about trying to convince uh, Sefi to uh, to feel like the the gentle tug on the inside of his nostril when he breathes in. <laughs> Maybe and then the slight, the thing to the slight push when he breathes out. The, the, the space might be like, okay, someone has to be the creator, someone has to be the destroyer, and someone has to be the sort of like protector, what have you, right? Like it's kind of like a mythology triad for like a, like a Hinduism type of thing. It's like a role play king? Yeah, so each, each person would have to have like that particular role. Uh, and they'd have to carry that for like... I don't know, the whole day or something like that. <laughs> so that might be fun. Um, a different type of meditation where it's like, well, you know, like you, you, you cover all sides of the, like all the possibilities in a sense of, of uh, like whatever viewpoint or whatever people are talking about. It'd be fun. He's, you're trying to turn meditation into your ideal blockchain. Maybe. It's a debate, debate club. I think it's all the same thing, though. That's a thing. Yeah. You're just trying to get closer to reality until it slaps you in the face and you realize yeah. you don't have reality anyway and then you it's, ditch all the blockchain shit yeah it's all just like one big uh, mental experiment like a game in my head you just you just all you're doing Sefi, is trending towards reality this is true i think i do that for sure I definitely have a sense that all these technologies and blockchain and AI and whatever else, they're somehow all just getting closer and closer to <laughs> some fundamental reality. It's it's almost like yep. they, it's almost like the cycle has happened before, and we're just kind of an asymptote approaching it. And there's a weird sense in which the evolution of technology just seems to get closer and closer to like the distributed way the the universe works itself <laughs> or something like that that's, that's exactly how i see it and, yeah, and then, it's like this these are like inevitabilities like yeah and, 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 and then, yeah and then i'm like it's almost like at a certain point it'll get so close to it that god or some kind of fundamental intrinsic humor to the universe would be like all right you're getting too close <laughs> and it'll blow it up and start again I think you just described the plot line to the um, 
the Battlestar Galactica series on Sci-Fi Channel. Uh, <laughs> That's pretty much it. <laughs> I don't want anything. That was that that was explored specifically. Um, cool. that that's exactly what happens. I'm not the asymptote. You're the asymptote. Yeah, no, I've always had that intuitive sense. It's quite kind of weird. Um, it's cool you had it too. So there's like a sense that the blockchain is inevitable. <sighs> just just some kind of general trajectory of all technology. Um, it's a weird kind of, um, I don't know, like a like a getting closer and closer to the the fundamental informational nature of the the universe, something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm. The transitional technologies, if you consider nature, how it works with cells and communication through light and such, that can be likened to telepathy and. The internet and the blockchain are like transitional technologies towards a society that functions purely through telepathy and co-creation of dream time sort of reality where everything is connected. Well, I kind of look at it as like there's this relative movement of particles and that gives you the illusion of time and that's your constraint. And like every technology, every idea basically just tries to wrap itself around like you know, like how can we make use of these movements of particles and like what can be done about it and how can we put them together, move them apart. And then uh, how can that then influence like how we perceive the world and time itself? So it's, yeah, it's just like information progression over time. Um, like mm. as it pertains to just the movement of things, it's like the simple theory of relativity concept, but like um, it's all just one, like time itself is an illusion because it's only like measurable because of the, the things move. Right. So this is the thing like, um, and so like every technology, uh, in a sense, like is combating the same thing, including life itself, like DNA and blockchains or computer te- science and all of the things like you'll notice, like they have the same, like ultimately the same problem set and it revolves around yeah. dealing with the physical nature of the universe as it is. And it like none of them are like able to break those bounds. They're all just describing reality or like making use of it or riding it like a like the wave. They're riding that wave of like um, the nature of reality, but none of them like redefines it necessarily. So it's like what you're doing is you're discovering the true nature of things. And as you bec- and it becomes asymptotic in the sense that like the deeper and deeper and farther you go, the less is left to discover. So it's like there is a some theoretical limit there where like you've sort of seen everything that matters. And then that's what the, that's what he means by asymptotic. It's like there comes a point where, like theoretically, you reach unity, whereas like everything you know is everything, or something like that. <laughs> like it's like a, it's this fundamental sense that like there's like a not a singularity, but like um, I don't know. I think like Frank Herbert and Dune, like he was called the Golden Path, for example. Like there is this like concept that you can see into infinity, sort of, and like see the the nature of all things at one time. And um, it's just not possible necessarily, but like we continue to strive for that. And every technology we build and everything we try to create is trying to conquer these same exact things in a way. Yeah. I mean, I think it's all ultimately leading to the mark of the beast. No one be able to buy or sell unless they have the mark in their right hand or their forehead. And I believe that the digital assets are going to eventually be put into people's body. And, you know, we already see it today with the, the microchip and so many people getting chipped. Um, but the Bible says, if you take that mark, you will go to hell. 
Um, just so, some food for thought in there. That is a possible future. Would you prefer to live in that future? Would I prefer to live in that future? Mm-hmm. I think the future is inevitable. I think it's in, it's in, it's written in the scripture, so it's it's going to happen. That's think- what you're going to get. I think it's not about what happens in life or reality. It's about our response to the devil whispering in our heart and our response to either innate or big picture goodness. So whatever happens, happens, but we can evade the mark of the devil. We can choose not to do it. It's it's in our power. So long as we believe. We've just got a window of time where we can make a lot of money before the mark of the beast comes. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Get in, get out. And then we'll be, yeah. Yeah. Get in, get out, baby. <laughs> There'll be those that profit from the mark of the beast as well. So don't, don't. Oh, for sure. Them. Definitely. It's going to be a very lucrative thing for people. I, I, I definitely agree with what you're saying. Definitely one of the most interesting like passages in the scripture, I think. The the phrase that you know the what you described about the needing the market in order to buy and sell and stuff that's always been fascinating. Well, then I I also wonder how much of it's going to be tied into Elon Musk's Neuralink. I don't know if the Neuralink is part of that being that mark on your forehead. I'm not really 100 percent sure about that, but I don't there's, know because there's, there's a bit of an obsession with this idea that the mark is actually a physical thing that enters the body. And I think there's like a, there's a substantial portion of the human race. that's very paranoid about putting things in the body. Um, it's more commonly among the left than the right, according to Jonathan Haidt, but it's an interesting paranoia. It's like, it's true of like vaccines. It's true of needles. It's true of like objects within the body and like different things. Mm. Um, it's like, how do you know, like uh, the mark of the beast isn't uh, like, I don't know, a metal heart valve or something like that. Like you like, you like people just pick whatever they want as to be like, what they think that is and um like it's changed like what people think that is has changed over the past 30 years that i've watched it like people like to use that reference a lot and each generation has its own version of what it thinks it is like it's 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 always a moving target like like this like like right now you could argue that you using a smartphone like you've already like touched the mark like of the beast or whatever like in the sense that like i don't know google ai and facebook AI and where the fuck is like manipulating you already so you could argue that that's already happened like you don't need to have like a i don't know like if there's a foreign creature that's affecting you already like call it google and facebook and your internet and your smartphone and everything else like none of these things are quote-unquote natural but it's funny how everyone moves the target to the next thing the next thing like so if you're using uh, i don't know bitcoin today or something like that's not the market of beast it's got to be something in the future um because if so like you know the our, the our end is coming right now and no one's willing to like like commit to like the end being next week or some shit like it's always like well some yeah, point but in the future you know but there's specific there's specific locations in the body where the mark of the beast is supposedly gonna go right and so like that's the part of it where it feels kind of futuristic like smartwatch yeah, on the wrist or or like ar glasses like on the forehead because we don't i can't really match the rib like the arm and the, the forehead or whatever i can't really match that to bitcoin I can't really match that to like um, improved textiles or to heavy metal music. Um, I'm not, I'm not really sure. It, it, it sounds implanty, 
So that's why I think you get that future cast to that. But ultimately, the soul is inviolable. So... It depends on how literal you're going to be. A lot of those things are highly allegorical in a sense, like they're symbolic stories. Not oh, necessarily oh gosh, especially in Revelation. That. Revelations is not yeah. like, I mean, there's multi-headed beasts and junk like that that represent entire countries. So why are we going to take one portion super literally and the rest of it not? You know what I mean? Suppose you can create like a nanotech, like uh, multi-headed beast. Like these things might be quite possible, like like robots and shit. Right. So I guess it's possible to make all sorts of things like duplicate that. But there's also, I guess, this drive in a sense, like maybe uh, Stephen's like, well, I read these things. I'm going to build a robot that does all that shit just so I can make sure that the prophecy comes true or some shit. So, you know, that someone's going to build all that shit just to make like, like <laughs> freak out the freak out the people that are reading carefully. <laughs> That'd be fun. Like, I'd be like, oh, I'm going to make a, a nine headed robot or whatever. And I'm going to make well, <laughs> like even in the scripture, um, when they're building the Tower of Babel, you know, the Lord says that nothing will be kept from them, that, they're, that we will be, be, be able to basically do anything we, we dream up in our minds. And that's, you know, according to scripture. GPT-3 is pretty much it already, right? It can, like, understand any language. It can translate to any other language. It's already there. <laughs> like, I don't know what else to say. Like, if you're waiting yeah, for that shit, oh, the Tower of Babel's been built. Again. I will now go to bed. There's nothing about me Don't except be really funny. Don't close the space. Bye. Just leave it. Leave the space open, okay? We can do Just a, more, we can do more spaces in future. Like, there's no reason we can't do another one. This isn't the end. We started going into discussions about like antichrist and stuff. Like, I'm pretty sure this is the end. Like, I think we're we way off the beaten path here. We have topics to talk about. I want to talk about the Big Bang next time. So you want to talk about a hoax? Telengren. Big Bang never happened. Do you think death happens, Grin? Uh, I think that the body stops moving. What do you think happens subjectively uh, as the sense of consciousness? I really don't know. There are certainly stories of people who have been near death and they experience things. Yeah. There's the whole, um, the reincarnation research is really interesting. If you look at the the work of Ian Stevenson and Jim Tucker and other people, that's fascinating. Um, or like in relativistic time, there really is no beginning or end. So like yeah. there is a, there is a frame of reference in which you're basically like, mm, <laughs> you at the current status is like essentially mm, living for eons and eons and eons. And on the other hand, there's other frames of references where like, your existence is mere like moment of nothing. Like, you know, so like the, that's the funny thing about relativity. Like it, like what we feel like subjectively is, a, is, is not true. Like it's not the true nature of the, the way the, uh, the stuff works or how, how it appears, like how it appears to us is simply just a, from our frame of reference, which is super interesting. That's like, that's the mind bending stuff. So I think maybe, I don't know. Maybe we're just not like, you know, I don't know. Are we just frozen in time in a sense? Like time doesn't exist. I don't believe in time. I was just saying if Grin did. I, I, um, I believe at this point that whatever our consciousness is, like it existed before it existed later. And it, and there's a connection that runs all the way through all times. So information from different times is available to us now 
maybe not always easy to get, but information from the past, information from the future, it's all available. Our consciousness is eternal. Yeah, like five billion years of instincts are sitting in your brainstem, right? So like we definitely pass that on in, in a way. He doesn't mean that. He means more than that. Oh, he's he's thinking of his past lives back to when he was like a, maybe like a fern in the early like pre Cretaceous period. Um, if time doesn't exist, then they're simultaneously occurring lives. Yep. And the, we just have a frame of reference. The now moment is just like a frame of reference traveling through it, but it's also yeah. happening at the other times too. So, yeah, from meditation retreats and weird experiences and things i definitely have a sense that there's only now and that all lives seem to be happening at exactly the same time and that information can sometimes seem to leak through from one life to another one and it's it seems to be in part like the nature of consciousness, but also in part almost like a glitch, <laughs> a mistake or something like that, like bad programming grin. I don't know if you've ever had that sense, um, but there's there's a weird kind of faulty quality to it sometimes. Like it just kind of arises like a, a, a gush and you're not really supposed to have it, but it comes anyway. Have you ever had those experiences, grin? It's, it's quite weird. Um, there's a sense that like, yeah, like it's it's all happening at the same time, always, and no life, including your own life or other lives, are yours. Um, it's it's all equally impersonal. It's just that for some reason there's a localization around what seems to be this experience, but by intention and by clarity and by openness, other stuff can so can kind of uh, I don't know, like fountain through. But there's a weird, like, probabilistic nature to it, and a weird glitch nature to it. It's it's kind of fun to realize that, like, um, we're moving at like I don't know, like two hundred fifty thousand miles an hour at this moment around the galactic center, and the yeah. galaxies moving away from other galaxies at just like you know equally or bigger speeds than that, and like none of that is noticeable by us, like on any routine basis. So, like, what part of reality do we see? Almost none of it. And um, another interesting, like, weird thing, like, normally you'd expect uh, if everything worked the way it normally would, like, the middle of the galaxy, like, where the arms of the galaxy kind of go closer to the center, those should spiral faster, like water, you know, going down the drain, right? Like a vortex effect. That's not the case either. The arms of the galaxy seem to move, like, in unison in the sense that like the outer part of the galaxy is moving much faster than the inner. So any creatures or beings at the center are actually moving like way slower, um, relatively speaking, than we are at the outer part of the galaxy, relatively speaking, which is weird. So time is moving dramatically different from those two. So like none of what we perceive like has any relevance to reality at all, except for our local, like, you know, running from a tiger or eating or, you know, having kids or whatever. But like, None of this, like, um, I don't know, like, it's, it's very hard to wrap any meaning around, like, what we actually perceive and how limited that is, but with, like, the, the true nature of how things work, which is super weird. There's like, some deep, um, some deep, like, Latter-day Saint doctrine about other planets and other worlds and other universes and how they have different references of, like, of time 
where like in in, in this the 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 uh, one of our years is like eons to, is is our one of their years is eons to us and so on and it has to do specifically with like the rotation of those planetary systems and it's just not it's not something that's well understood or expounded upon that some deep doctrine stuff so yeah i kind of get what you're saying like there's different our frame of reference and and the spin of our planet and all these things really shape our impression and our understanding of things yeah yeah like for example if uh you were um at, at the center of the galaxy moving at one speed and i'm here moving at a different speed like you, you know um one of us like could um in the blink of your eye could the rest of us could just disappear in the sense that like that's how short our existence is in that time scale which is very weird like it doesn't seem like that should be the case but then it is so then why like what is going on here exactly <laughs> like mm -hmm. the, the so what is time what does it mean to be alive what does it mean to be dead what does it mean to exist if that's the case like like whose reference point do you exist in exactly is it god is it like the universe is it like is it each other like what is this exactly yours and or yours yours alone or something you'll always exist yeah because there is a frame of reference where your time is moving so extremely slow compared to some other observer that yeah you you might list as you you live or you exist asymptotic to like infinity compared to someone like if you're near a black hole or something like that, for example, um, like your existence is asymptotic to infinity compared to everyone else. And it's like, wait, what? Like, what do you mean? Like you're kind of semi-immortal while everyone else is like aging. Yeah, the, but not even relatively to others. Um, I mean, experientially for you, you will always exist in your experience. Mm, I see what you're saying. Yeah, like to me, it feels like I've always existed, right? Like in a sense, I can't think of like what it felt like before I was born, and I can't think of how it fit, will feel like after I'm gone. So therefore, like your your subjective reality is to live forever. The, there's also never been any interruptions of the continuity of your experience ever. Some people seek that, though. Cessations of their experience through meditation, for example. Yeah, but that's a conscious choice to be unconscious. So it's a conscious continuity. What I mean is just like on a basic level, I mean, avoiding like the, the, the stuff like cessations in meditation and insight and Nova Kalpa, Samadhi and all that shit. Like you've never had any interruption to the continuity of your experience. You've never slept. You've never been unconscious. What has happened is that the contents of your experience have been seamlessly continuous, always, forever. Um, and the contents have sometimes shifted, like the contents can shift from the appearance of seeming to lie in a bed in the dark but then the continuity is is to the dreamscape and the continuity is to um the waking state with the light pouring through the windows or whatever but the actual subjective experience is no gaps no 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 um no interruptions in the continuity the baseline that's a, good, continuity. that's a good point like the amount of time you spend sleeping 
um, the memories, like that gap that, um, like, okay, let's say you sleep seven hours a day or something like that. Um, in the overall subjective experience of existence, like the amount of time that you spend sleeping is almost evaporated in the sense that like, you don't remember sleep in any meaningful way to where it's like, okay, I remember like one third of my life having been sleeping. Well, fuck all of that. You don't think of, you don't think of that at all. What do it, you? Like, it's a moment to moment experience of, of life, like your subjective perspective, if you like, what is, what is this like to be you? There's never an interruption and there never has been ever. There has just been content that has come up that seems to imply there was a gap. But you're not there in the gap. Your experience right. is continuous. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of thing of saying it a different way. Like, yeah, exactly. Your experience is continuous. There's there's always like in your experience of life, there has always been a, a seamless or continual, continuous, or what I, I wouldn't even call it continuous, I call it a, like a timeless knowing of your own being. And then life and content appears within that. And sometimes the content seems to imply there was a gap, like a sleep state or something, because there's a change in content such that maybe it was a dark room and now it's a light room. And then memory does the rest, thoughts and concepts do the rest. Oh, I must have been asleep. But your subjective experience was that it was continuous. There's, there's no gap in your subjective experience. That's quite interesting. Like, like the, the nature of what it's like to be you is, is timeless knowing of your own being always. And then the contents of life changes within that. But you fundamentally never go anywhere. You're always in the same place at the same time. But the contents are changing. They're flowing through you. You're saying like even in geographic space, it's not like... You're, you're like your subjective experience of life, if you're um, catching an aeroplane, if you're going to the airport and catching an aeroplane, your subjective experience is that you're always in the same place, which is no place really. Which and is just content, in your head, but everything else is moving around the, you. The content is, go, is flowing through you. What's really happening is you're always in the same place and um, going to the airport, arriving, and everything else is flowing into you. You never go anywhere. You're always at home. You're always in the same place. You're always residing in that abode of knowingness that the content flows through. Yeah, that, I think that would perfectly describe the subjective experience. Like, almost like if you were to put me in a box, um, so I'm in a place, you put me in a box, and maybe you open that box. Maybe you took me somewhere, like, um, I don't know, gave me an anesthetic and took me to France or something. And now I'm in France. It's like um, it'd be no different than if you got an airplane and got there, but you were you were awake that time. Like you, subjectively, it feels like um, the content moved, not you. Like you could trick like you could trick someone to making it feel that way too, a little bit more than than like the natural state of it, I suppose. Yeah, it, it, but it's like that in every single moment. Everything is just arising. Like there's this the fundamental knowing that is there, like the, the capacity to know perceptions, to know sensations, to know thoughts, that is what is there. You'd, you maybe call it like the luminous awareness or knowingness of experience or content of experience. And then everything just flows through. The, the sensations flow through, the perceptions flow through, the thoughts flow through. Everything is just arising. But where you are never changes. 
you're just the knowingness of this moment. And it doesn't matter what the content is like, it's always the same. Like your fundamental stance never changes. You might be in a small room, you might be in a big room, you might be whatever, but the knowingness is always the same size, it's always the same place, it's always the same basic being. It never changes. I, I'm trying, I'm, I'm almost with you, except that like my experience in dreams is so different sometimes where, you know, where I don't feel at all the same way that I normally do, it, that it feels drastically different from this is content. waking life. You say that, but how is it different from just dropping physicality? Everything can be, can be everything that is an experience is always composed of sensations, perceptions, and thoughts. And if you feel it's fundamentally different and somehow applies to the lens, you just haven't objectified it yet. As in, you haven't managed to clearly see it and describe it with language. It will always be one of those three things. Like, there's no exceptions. That is what the content of experience is. If it's the content of experience, it can be described. There's no content of experience that can't be described. And if it can be described, it's one of those three things. Okay. I do think, you know, like a lot of times when, as human beings, when we look at things, the word, what do you think of? What direction do you think of when you think of the word, look, I'm looking. Do you feel like that's a going out or coming in? Let me go look for, let me go look for my keys, right? It feels like you are putting something out. You're putting your peepers out in the world, like your searchlights and your beams to like find something I'm looking. But like what really is happening is light is coming to you. We're not putting anything out. We're just receiving our site yeah from my perspective everything is just showing up right and that's that's physically what's happening too like we're not putting eye beams out into the world like things when we open our eyes we're not shining light on things we're shining the light of our awareness maybe but like it's really literally that like the reflected light from everything else is coming into us so looking is not really a going out it feels to us as humans like a going out like i'm putting something out there i want to see what's in the room yeah, I'm gonna look away, but but it's all really coming into us. It's all all that information is streaming like through our consciousness. Yeah, I, I would be even more fundamental though. Like it, it, I wouldn't even say coming into us or something like that. I would say the body and the mind and all perceptions and everything that seems to be happening, which you can describe like looking for the keys or something. It's all showing up in exactly the same way in exactly the same place. Yeah, like this is not a description of like the physics of how you walk around or pick up keys or anything like that. There's obviously there's this, some physical phenomenon. It's the nature of how you subjectively experience it, how the brain sort of like and and, and your head is like what's happening there um, is a consistent experience regardless of what you do, right? Because how could it be any other way? You wouldn't be you otherwise. So it's like, a, yeah, the subjective experience is different than, say, for example, describing like maybe the physics of how something works. And there's some elements of the subjective experience obviously baked into the laws of nature and everything. But yeah, there's some like strange, um, yeah, there's some like strange features of experience that, um, that maybe like maybe they could be eventually explained like in some sort of like particle physics way or something like that. But um, so far that hasn't happened yet fully. 
and um yeah the, the experience is very subjectively different in some ways than what in many ways what actual reality is not just the relativistic thing i mentioned before but like some of what bruce is saying yeah it's like i can see what you're, what you're talking about well it, it it's kind of stunning if you have a look at direct experience and, and one of this is one of the things that like led me to to meditation it was this sense of disparity between how direct experience is versus the story we all tell ourselves right like i'm a person i i have this history i'm, I'm going somewhere i'm in the world I'm, I'm separate from everything else you know i'm this little little mind and body doing things um and then you look at the direct experience and it's like oh hang on all i find is is the knowing of the content of experience and it's always timeless and it's always con continuous and, and it's, it's most and it's most definitely in your temporal reference too by the way so for example like let's say you went half the speed of light and you traveled to vega you know the next like closest star or whatever and you come back at half the speed of light or whatever and you know all of your friends and everything have aged you know the world has aged seventy thousand years or something right like there's some ridiculous amount of time difference your subjective experience feels perfectly the same day to day um at no matter how fast you're traveling and even though everyone else did something else and the world is different this that and the other thing yeah i mean you'll notice that well you know there's new generations there's new technology there's new people here whatever but there's nothing about your subjective experience that's any different in that, like the new things that you're experiencing, despite the fact that you're on a different time reference too. So it's like, it's, uh, it is very much like your brain, your, your mind and your experience is very, very native to you in that sense. Like it all revolves around you as far as your brain's concerned. Like, like it, you might as well ignore the rest in that sense. It's like, it's a very... Yeah, it's a very strange thing. Like, I, it would it would be f interesting to have experienced like what I just described, like traveling near speed of light and coming back and like, oh, this is for real. Like, you know, that would happen. <laughs> like, um, it, it's weird because it's like it's almost hard to imagine this to be true. There's no like, like there's there's no none of these things have like um, in our daily lives. None of these things are like demonstrated to us in a like i think meditation like the idea is like you can demonstrate some elements about consciousness by thinking about it focusing on them that you wouldn't otherwise think of on your day-to-day -day activities there's no there's no reference point for any of it like while you're i don't know doing your accounting or you know, <laughs> taking care of like your work or something like that like your daily life doesn't like give you very many lessons uh, about any of this it just really doesn't it's like you have to study it specifically almost like it's uh, yeah, like, well, in many ways, meditation is stopping. It's like stopping the the continuous river of being lost in the story, um, and and somehow like mm, continually confirming the story again and again because you're lost in it. And and meditation is in many ways just like stopping and looking at what's actually here. Um, it's like a. It's not so much uh no, it's not necessarily like a conscious focus and mm, like a narrow laser beam of attention that's looking at things and trying to figure it out or something it's just stopping all it is is stopping and then seeing what's actually here and and then the curiosity takes you over because what you find is actually here is very very different from the story you tell yourself 
Yeah, I mean, it's talked about, there's some confusion in words and translations, right? Because there are meditations people think, say, we're going to concentrate or we're going to focus on. But but the actual act is of, of like letting go and 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 stopping identifying with all of the sensations and colors and smells and sounds that come through your head, including your thoughts, is like letting go of those things. And I have not gotten into it nearly as deep as as Lunkdao has, but um, but the moments that I have have been really astounding. Yeah, I think like there's also that you have this kind of insomnia thing going on, which like may affect like different types of dream states and things. It's like your your subjective experience is a specific way. There is a tendency, by the way, to assume, not just assume, but like we tend to predict in our head that our friends and family and everybody else think like we do, like and have similar um like you know, that like, oh, everyone must behave this way because i do um and this is generally not true and it's it's almost impossible to put yourself in sort of like the other person's shoes so to speak and like think in that same way because some of it's like native to our sort of wiring in a sense um so it's almost impossible to describe it to other people too in a sense because like what's their frame of reference for you to like describe this weird thing i guess there's like stories and um you know, movies and things like that, where people try to take imaginative things and like create them in real life and kind of show that expression. But it's difficult to like just project it. Like, oh, imagine if you were like this, this, and this. Like, Bruce, like, like, what do you think about these kinds of like people that don't have an inner voice? I think that's fascinating, right? Like, or people that don't find music interesting at all. Like, some like five percent of the population or something, which is extraordinarily high. It's shockingly so. Or my favorite, like the the synesthetes that that uh, gosh, I'm so sure. jealous. But like they can think synesthetes about synesthetes are like maybe one in one hundred or one in two hundred people, something like the that. The ones that can the ones that can um, think of a number and that number has like a unique, distinct like color, experience, feeling of size, shape, maybe a smell. Like that sounds so rich and and, and those some of those people have like really strong memories because these things are so distinct to them that like a, a number tells them a whole story that they can then remember and so on but i don't know like for me i, I really enjoy probably i think we're all probably slightly synesthetic i think that's part of how the human brain works compared to like the monkey or whatever i do i think i, I think yeah i've always had like low level um kind of kinesthetic um, synesthesia and it's kind of weird like st stuff like for instance when i'm writing something even writing a tweet or an email or whatever um I am choosing things I write based on the feeling in my body. As in some, some particular way of writing a sentence might make me feel kind of contracted in my body. And another way of writing it will make me feel kind of open and clear. And it's like I'm following the physical sensations to write, <laughs> which is kind of weird. Um, and I, I, like I realized I was doing this since very young, which is kind of cool. Um, and I don't know if anyone else does that, but it's like I'm processing the like aesthetic cleanness of the writing and the language use through how I feel in my body and it determines the path I take. Yeah, I get you. It, like you, you can write and you literally feel like this feels like the right thing to write or then you stop. You're like that. No, but that wasn't correct. A literal feeling in the body though. 
like a yeah, a, yeah, a literal a, feeling of the body. Actually, what what you're describing is very very close to what people who do the uh, who practice the psychic art of remote viewing and, and how they how they perform and describe like doing their writing in their session. So I, I think that a lot of this stuff, like whether deliberate or not, like it all comes to the same place. We're sort of streaming our thoughts through ourselves and, and yeah, selecting like the right ones or the wrong ones. What Bruce is describing definitely does not happen to me. Like I don't have any subjective sense that like maybe like the thoughts that are arising at that moment are specifically body generated. And it, maybe they are, but the thing is I don't notice that they are. Maybe, um, maybe not generated, maybe confirmed. Like a sense of right or wrong of what you're saying. Maybe you're not, maybe you're also not that aware of your body or something. That's a possibility. Yeah, I think that's a possibility. I, I think I'm definitely not as much as some people. Like if you see patients and things, right? And um, you know, people will say things like um, you see them on Twitter too. Like I saw someone post someone today. Like like I don't trust the government. I trust my body. I'm like, wait, you do what? <laughs> like you trust your body to do what? Like the body lies to you all the time. You get autoimmune disorders. You get this, that, and the other thing. And it's weird to have like even say that. Like, what do you mean you trust your body? But then if like that person thinks like you do, I can understand why they might say such a thing, right? Like there's a subjective sense that like, I don't know, this like well-being emanates from your body and somehow like it's telling you things and you're trusting it innately for some reason. Um, yeah, well, it's like it doesn't have to be too mystical, I suppose. Like, like, what the fuck is the brain and like the nervous system? Like, right, 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 exactly. No, the, 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 there's certainly features that in the body that help you sort of like feel, um, yeah, like the pain and things of that nature. I think, like, but to give it a more deeper meaning, like, to me, it's like, okay, I pricked my finger, it hurts, or whatever. But I'm not necessarily like, well, you know the the numbness in my finger is telling me to like, you know, write a Shakespearean play today or something like, I don't ever get the subjective sensation that like my thoughts are being dictated by some sort of feel like body position or some sort of like um, anything like that. Like, mm. but I can see like, if you feel it that way, I can understand can why know? there'd be others that might too and say things like that and mm. try to describe it in words. But I think the person you're talking about is just like doing a kind of a, a goofy version of, wanting but to believe she has control that's possible too yeah that's possible too maybe just like yeah yeah it may have nothing to do with the actual subjective sense but like it's a language everything therefore safe you know it's going to tell me what's good therefore i'm safe the the extension is like the light of death yeah I'm curious, where do you feel that your thoughts are coming from? You said that they're not, you don't get the sense that your thumb's telling you to do this, but for your thoughts that do come, the things that you do say, the words that feel right when you say them, like, where is that coming from in you? Yeah, sure. I think there's no question, like, let's say you throw a ball at me and, and like, you know, I get the sense to catch it and all that. Like, there's all sorts of dynamics that go into that and some of it's conscious, subconscious, whatever, and you catch the ball or it hits you or whatever it is. Um, you know, I, I totally get that there's like a feedback loop between like what's happening but subjectively on a moment to moment basis i'm not able to sort of notice even if that were happening i'm not noticing that that's affecting my next tweet like bruce is talking about though it's quite possible that it's happening but i'm not noticing and what he's talking about is subjectively he notices it right that's the difference yeah there's different levels of conscious awareness but fundamentally you can look at 
all your experiences as having one, you're having one experience. You can segregate them into different senses and different uh, reasons for having them, but ultimately you have like one sensation. You can't really separate them. So the synesthesia can come quite easily, I think, when you don't create a separation because then you won't believe that there is a separation. And so then they can be correlation between things like body posture or joints and, you know, movements of this and that. And yeah. Well, synesthesia is interesting. Synesthesia is particularly interesting. Remember that like, this is a, a feature where like, okay, like color and math or, or color and arithmetic, some of the, the things in your, the structures in your brain that do these things are right next to each other. So this is a communication quirk between that two. There's actually a physical relationship involved with those things. So it's not like you're synesthetic in all things. There are certain things that like are much, much more common, like color. Yeah, numbers they can be correlations when yeah. they make sense. But you know that yeah. all parts of the brain can serve as any other parts of the brain. And so really it's all an integrated sort of matter where anything can be computed at any time. Um, but, you know, the structure may correlate to different... Uh, shared types of structures and might make different sort of phenomena more relevant, or they might reflect different sorts of blendings that people might have in the brain, the other way around, that is. Um, but yeah, like uh, the idea of everything sort of being one uh, applies to the senses, I find, as well. So even though I don't yeah, really have synesthesia, I can clearly sort of imagine that I do in some cases, and then it works just as good. And that's, you know. Yeah, there's just these interesting ways, like different people perceive mm, exactly like what other people would almost think is the exact same thing. Like, like the subjective experience is, is subtly different. I, I think as humans, we have a largely shared experience. Otherwise, our language would not be able to work, right? Let's say mm, Bruce uh, was a honeybee and uh, Grin here was uh, whatever his little profile pic is, that little purple dinosaur thing. And um, each of them had their own like DNA with their own physicality, their own subjective experience. It'd be very difficult to communicate with each other because like there's no frame of reference. So I think most human beings, by and large, have similar experiences, which is why like you can read a book and like put yourself in the shoes of the writer of the book and like all of that sort of thing. So like there is a shared experience for sure. And then but then there's these like individual quirks, like maybe Grin has a lot of insomnia and like Bruce feels. Uh, the nature of his body a little bit differently or whatever. And then I have like whatever it is that I do. And, um, you know, mine's a little bit different than what T-Bull does, et cetera. Like there's these nuances, which are fascinating. Um, the, the, and, you know, with like 6 billion people on the planet or whatever, there's quite a few permutations like with DNA and brains and experiences that you can create a pretty good wide variety of different, um, like, I guess, versions of uh, how reality is perceived. Well, and, and well, like, nature to a large extent is like a big experiment anyway, right? Like it's like, well, like, you know, 10,000 or 100,000 years from now, let's say a million years from now, humans may just perceive even more differently than we do now. And like, if you bring a human from 100,000 years from now, um, their subjective experience may be truly subjectively different than most of the people on the planet that exist today, possibly. Or like, maybe there's some indigenous populations, like maybe, you know, like, I don't know, like, like some super low IQ group or something like that or whatever, like, and, and their subjective experience is very, very different from like some, you know, super genius or some, of some kind. Right. So like, I think even within today's human beings, there's probably a wide range. And then like, if you have a lot of passage of time and 
you know, the body's different and the brain is different. I guess the subjective experience changes even more. But, well, you see what's happened um, for us just using devices regularly or something. You even see it like week to week. You, you know, the weeks you use your, your um, smartphone or your computer a lot, and then the weeks you don't. Like there's a really interesting kind of shift that happens. It's like you, you really enter that world with your nervous system and everything else disappears. And then you come out of it and you're like, oh, it became like a, a strange kind of rapid evolutionary um, bionic kind of weird integrated creature. And now I've come out of it again. And now my nervous system is adapting to like nature and it kind of becomes more diffuse. And you can feel like the the transitional kind of, I don't know, have, have you ever like done something like been on a computer for a very long time and then gone to nature for four days? And there's a very distinct shift in your nervous system, that transition phase. And it's really interesting. Have you, has that ever happened to you? Like a, a clear shift. And it's like you can oh, feel yeah. everything just open up again. Yeah. It's, and um, yeah, that kind of unplugged feeling for sure. Yeah. It, it's like, it's, it's like we're, we're, we keep adapting. And if you're in a certain groove, it's like you become more and more adapted. And then you come out of it and it's like you enter a new context, a new environment or something. And your nervous system takes a little bit of time to to adjust to that. And then you go back and you kind of like elastically snap back into your old um, groove, maybe the computer state or something. And it's like because you've been there before, you can snap back into it quicker. And then you become almost like this weird um, kind of nervous system bilingual person where you can snap into each thing quite quickly. You become like a fluid thing. Um, that's what I've noticed with time. I'm becoming like more fluid. It's like my my state um, whatever my nervous system does, I'm using the word nervous system as like just a kind of a crude term for whatever's happening. Um, it, it, it like sinks into things quicker. Like I sink into my, my certain states, like my phone state or my, my writing state or whatever, and then out of it and uh, back to nature. And it's like this weird, I can feel the transitions. It's very interesting. It's like there's a kind of a lag when I'm shifting. Yeah, it's like you, you you have a tendency to like clearly separate these things or something. I've heard of people who who are like master meditators and they've supposedly like gotten to the point where they're just dwelling in conscious awareness and they're not really thinking about things, but that they sort of have to put their their personality back on so that they can interact with people in the world in a normal way. And that reminds me a little bit of like the kinds of, of subtle shifts that you're feeling from moment to moment as you partake in different activities that you're becoming the person at that time, maybe who, who need who's the writing person. And at a different time, you might be the small talk person or whatever the case is. Like we, yeah. In, right. Yeah. I, I would say the experience is something like having a phone and you bring different apps to the front. <laughs> when needed but you can also put them all back on the home screen and just be nobody so guys uh i'm free talk, going to talk about the, our lunar coin <laughs> Luna. well by talking about everything and talking about subjective human experience in general and the eternal nature of consciousness we are also talking about Luna because it's included within all those other things as a, as a subset of it. We're talking about Lunk. So we're at the, we're at like the macro level and Lunk is at the micro level, but everything we talk about is inclusive of, is inclusive of Lunk as well. Okay. Just, just to share, I mean, I was 
I'm from Singapore, actually. So uh, I've been having Luna for the last one year plus. Then I got fucked badly by Doquan. And now I, I have like uh, 10, yeah, about 10 million Luna. So hopefully... Hey, I am Alvin. You, you are aware that it was... Um... Sam Bankman Freed that actually fucked you, not Doquan, not right. We know that now. Come on, don't pull his legs off. Totally... <laughs> Let him have his story. And, yeah, and, that, that... By the way, Lunar is now Lunk. Yeah, so Lunk, I, I say I hope he will one day come back to his glory days again. And yeah. Well, if you had if you had Lunar before, that means you would have been airdropped. The new Lunar. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah, so I was I had airdrops and everything, and but uh and I also as of today I hold about ten million Luna a look lung as you say, so I hope he come back to the glory days again. Well, you know what, we're trying. Everything we do here, every time that we show you that you are not like a permanent thing in a permanent place, that we show you that that you are an eternal being with, we are doing our best to bring Lunk back to its glory days, but it takes action, right? It's not going to happen without you. You need to bring Lunk back to its glory days. What do you do to do that? I mean, I'm do, I'm doing my part by holding it and I'm also sharing with my friends who have, they've been in crypto space as well. So we all like a group of 10 of 10 of my friends. We are, we are very close and we all are holding and buying Luna regularly. Okay. And when you, when you do that, do you, do when you introduce it to new people, do you say, here is the thing that banged me in the a hole. And now I want you to buy it. Or how do you frame it when you talk to them about it? Hold on. We need to be clear here. Are you talking about Luna? Or Lunk. There are two chains. Lunk, not Luna. Lunk. Sorry. So this is the, this is the thing that you that you got forcefully, rectally violated over. So how how when you are bringing it to a friend who maybe has never heard of it, how do you sell them on it? I'm just curious. Like, what would what do you tell them about? Do you do you lead with Do Quan bending you over, or do you tell them something else? No, I mean, to, to what I tell them is, I say, Dokon era is gone now, so it's just running by a, a community now. And I said, I'm not sure what's the future of Lung, but it can definitely go back to its glory days, maybe with more people on it and, you know, by burning more coins as people are selling it. So, yeah, I, 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 like I said, I, I, I only know so much because I only follow so much. I'm Alvin. Uh... Are you telling me, so did you have Luna before the crash or you did not? I have Luna before the crash as well and after the crash. I mean, long so, now. So you have the new Luna too, right? No, I the new Luna, I have sold it off already. But you can't sell it off. It's all vesting, right? This is one no, of those. All, as in, it's all, it's all in my account, but it's nothing much here. So all, all, all my holdings okay. are long. This is one of those things where like you know somebody is fibbing. <laughs> Because um, their story falls like, how many Luna did you sell of the total amount that you have? The new Luna, the airdrop that you got, like how much do you think you sold? Do you remember? No, wait, if I'm not wrong, the Luna you can't sell. If I'm not wrong, did you sell all of your Luna? No, that Luna, this airdrop you can't sell, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. 
some of it you could some of it you were able to sell right away and then some of it oh sorry I, was I a bit has been unlocked no. unlocked gradually over time you have to claim it no but you can you can pay a small fee to unlock all of it and sell it is that oh, what sorry you... I, I, I i'm not sure of that sorry it's just it's just stuck there it's stuck in my full point account the deal was you could pay 20 percent more and unlock everything and sell it is that oh, what you sorry, I'm, I'm not sure i'm not sure on that to be honest can I can I just um like say something real quick about what you were talking about before? Mm, mm. Like about the um like spirituality uh side. Yeah, but this guy is going to be angry because he wants to talk about Luna. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to be angry. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, no. Basically, I've been in the space like I'm really recent. Like I said, I've only been here for like one year. I'd say. And what you said about shift, shifting in, like, um, kind of, like, internet, the natural side, stuff like that. As soon as I shifted in the space, it was, like, really quickly I picked up on stuff compared to other people, I'd say, like, around my age group. And it was really easy for me to pick out, basically, the ecosystems which are better than the others. So for this one now, when I listen to... For example, uh, long DOA talk. It's like it's almost like listening to my friend speak because we almost have the same conversations about um, what was it just spiritual spiritual stuff like what was going on about that and all that, and not just not just like talking about the coins and all that stuff. So what I was saying is about what I was going to say is um. I was basically thinking about the fourth dimension and how that links with like, I don't know, being rewarded basically. And say like, um, there's an example with like a 2D painting and like a safe and they had stuff in the safe, but they're basically explaining that in the fourth dimension, they can interfere with like real time without people realizing it unless they leave a mark. So, how I see it now is that what's going to be rewarded in the, in the future will be the actual, like, what's the what's deserving. So when you have like Sam Bankman, this um, crashes all this, and the truth getting fully like revealed, it will always like be that way. It won't be any other way. If that makes sense. Like it will always be the good gets revealed because kind of the universe rewards it, if that makes sense. I don't know if you get, get what I'm saying. It feels, uh, does it feel, kind of feel inevitable to you? Like yeah. that's just going, it's going to come through that way? Yeah, yeah. I, I always feel like the truth just, <laughs> the truth always comes out one way, or another, one way or another. And I don't, there's some, there's some things that happen which is kind of like unexplainable, I'd say. I think it's just inevitable. I think there's a, I think there's a lot more energy needed to keep something secret than to let it go. Yeah. I don't know. I'm of the mind that the, uh, the world uh, keeps secrets from us at all times. We only have a, a view of a little bit of it. And most of it is obscure. Like you have this like massive place and um, the truth doesn't come out. Like, we are only av- we only have availability of a tiny sliver of it that's made available for us. But like, 
the entirety of it all is just a big secret. Like it's a big, it's a whisper and you can't hear that whisper. No matter how hard you put your ear to it. That's kind of my feeling. <laughs> like, I don't know. So, yeah. I hear where you're coming from. I, I just think that, I don't know. I don't think a lie can be held forever for so long without the truth being revealed, basically. Yeah, we can be of one mind without the universe losing its mystery. I, I do get the sense of sometimes, like, for those, for those of us who, who look at the charts a lot, or we're on Twitter spaces a lot, or who are, we're scrolling Twitter and the internet is moving information around very, very fast, I think that it, it creates a little bit of a dissociation between like you and your normal everyday life and your body. And maybe it's a little bit easier because of that dissociation for us to transmit memes uh, and thoughts and feelings uh, without language, without talking to each other the, or and the way that we do in, in, uh, in regular life. Like maybe it's easier for to live in the, the world of pure like idea and information because the devices and the interfaces and stuff are disembodying us a little way. And so maybe we do kind of find people that we can sync up with um, or that, you know, and, and have similar thoughts and so on and, and, uh, and allow ourselves to have that kind of a group think um, and the connection. And, and I think there is a feeling, at least I, I think there's a little bit of a feeling of inevitability too, that, that, um, that something is going to happen to shake up public perception of Doquan and, and Luna and Terra. Otherwise I, I would have definitely stayed away because I don't want to be involved in the scam and I don't want to be like, fool me twice, shame on me type of a thing. But instead I, I've felt pulled towards what's coming next in Luna and in Luna two and, and what, what is still being built here. And I can't always explain why, like rationally, I should run away probably, but instead I'm drawn towards it and I want to see what's going to happen and, and what comes out of it. Is I feel like there's like energy being pulled in that direction. Grin. Will you let me go to bed now? I told you a little while ago, you're welcome to go to bed. Just leave the space on. It's comforting. Didn't feel welcome. I felt pressured. People started talking. They didn't give me space to go to bed. Wait, Bruce, but if you leave this on and, and you're asleep and the universe moves on without you, like it's, is that a good thing? Is that, a, do you feel uh, maybe disconnected while you're sleeping or something? Or more connected, maybe? I'm not sure which. I quite like those sleeping spaces. Have you seen those? Sometimes when people are up late in spaces, they all fall asleep. <laughs> And then there's like six of them in a space, sometimes with microphones on. It's like, it's nice. It's a nice thing. Some weird connected phenomena thing. Um, there's something intimate about it. I quite like well, it. There's, there's a woman, I'm forgetting her name, but she uh, hosts uh, meetings of aeronauts and people who uh, explore dreams and She'd bring them all together, like have giant meetups in California or wherever, and where people all come with sleeping bags and stuff, and they all just sleep together. I like that. It's like um, there's something childlike about it, isn't there, as well? Something kind of um, it automatically shifts you in a nice way, like a kind of a childlike way, like sleepover mode. 
Sleep for me is, is not good anymore. I used to be able to lucid dream so well, and now I find it so hard to lucid dream. You can you can improve that. What I found is that uh, by dream journaling a whole lot, you'll find your your dream recall gets better and better and better. And when I was dream journaling religiously, I'd wake up and then it was like a data dump of like. I'd remember, I'd remember the most recent dream and then I'd remember the dream before that. And then I'd remember the dream before that, like going back like five, six dreams in a row. And just by doing that, um, I think, I think it, it tells, it tells your subconscious or whatever that you're more willing to listen to what it has to say. And the gateway is like open. And then you start to have spontaneous, like lucid dreaming experiences after that. And so you, you, there are a lot of techniques to try to force yourself to lucid dream. Another, um, where you wake yourself up and is, stuff. Another simple thing is a lot of people are missing that last hour of sleep they actually need and don't make time for it. And uh, so then miss out on the most, like the, the most impressive REM sleep period. And yeah. What, what I used to do, I used to like wake up and write down my dream instantly. So I remembered it. And then I used to work really well. And I used to go back to sleep and remember exactly like what place I was in. But now it doesn't work nearly as well. I don't know what happened. A lot of it's just like you get older, you're working or whatever the hell it is. And like, you just don't sleep long enough. That's the most common thing. Like if I have a day, for some reason I sleep like longer than I normally would. Maybe it's like dark outside. So the light doesn't wake me up as quick. I find myself waking up in that last hour with a lot more dreams in my head in a sense, like the subjective sense. And I woke up and I'm like, okay, I know I was dreaming a, a minute ago. Whereas when, like, for example, today, it's like, you know, midnight here or something. And if I wake up tomorrow at like maybe 6.30 or 7, I won't reach that point. I'm almost certain to not have memorable dreams. Um, it's just like, it, you almost can tell, like, what, what, what's going to, like, but it's usually that last hour of sleep that, uh, that gets you there. Yeah, what I find very strange is that I've been alive for 18 years. And I would think when I go to sleep and I have a dream, I would realize I'm in the dream. Because I've had so many dreams across yeah, my do you, lifetime. Do you work uh, already, or are you in school, or what? Um, yeah, no, I'm in my first year of university. Like, so for guys in particular, right? Like, um, at your age, typically um, it's more natural to sleep till like more like nine or o'clock in the morning or longer. Um, so the modern like school systems and stuff, like they're not designed for that specifically in a sense. Um, used to like the younger you are as a guy, like the more likely you're used to sleeping later and farther into the morning. And, um, so that, that's, that may be part of it too. Like the, if you're going to more and more formal school and this and that, like, it's just the wrong timing for, uh, getting the dreams in line. Yeah, no, I hundred percent agree with that. That makes total sense. Have you heard of glycine? Wait, what's that? Have you heard of glycine? No, I don't know what it is. Look up glycine and take one teaspoon with tea before bed. What what was that meant to do before bed? Is that like an it's amino acid? Oh, you'll see. Yeah, I have to look that up. You're. Uh, I have a bottle of glycine in my hand, and I've tried taking some glycine. I don't drink tea, but. Um, as I understand it, it it uh, kind of can make you stay immobile a little bit more by sleeping. But how do, how do you find it affects you? 
Um, much more vivid dreams. Well, singular amino acids are molecularly small enough, of course, to like pass right through your blood-brain barrier. So I suppose like it truly changes your, uh, like we can change your brain chemistry directly in some way. Does it really, is it known to do this? Is that like a common experience people have or what? It's, uh, yeah, if you look up uh, on Twitter, people experience it. Um, that, uh, yeah, glycine and dreams just enhances in terms of ampl amp the amplitude of the dreams. And so your recall will be better because they'll be stronger. And then I guess your lucid dreaming can be better as well. Um, yeah, one of the physiological reasons that I guess you sleep and lie down and stuff is that it equalizes your blood pressure so that gravity affects all part of your body equally. And so, yeah, the blood-brain blood barrier is crossed uh, a lot more, I guess. So, yeah, physio physiologically, it makes sense of glycine is something like that. But it's just, I don't know any of the pharmacology. I just know that people report that um, yeah. a lot of the dreams, and I've experienced it even on cannabis, where dream recall is uh, uh much subdued i can still even get dreams so it gets like that strong um, so we so... um we with the glycine just to um physiologically my understanding is it it uh it's it associated with receptors for sleep paralysis along with gaba and so and sleep paralysis a lot is is associated with a lot of with more vivid dreams and stuff like that too because mm -hmm. you're you're less likely to rouse yourself out of your dream if you're if you can't if you don't accidentally move or something like that yeah it may uh, be of course the other way around right you might be getting directly better dreams which then shuts down your body so that you can experience them rather than directly paralyzing you for example but it's also safe that's interesting what you said you're about uh even on cannabis use i might have to try that I, I go on and off cannabis for like months at a time like i'll use it frequently for a few months and then, off of it and then obviously have it. i i disapprove of all drugs all drugs bad so i'm gonna have to kill this space because i don't want to endorse any drug talk um but i enjoyed the conversation everyone thank you for all for attending um you're all my friends you know please stop drugs if you're addicted to drugs don't put any kind of capsule or plant inside your mouth it's all bad for you It'll ruin your life i've seen many many people ruin their lives by eating drugs um stay stay clean stay straight edge don't eat drugs so you're saying stop eating lettuce i will don't i eat will it. cease and desist immediately don't eat anything that that changes your neurochemistry just stay away from it all. That's the take-home message for the day. Don't eat. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was part three of the three-part space hosted by the Dow, formerly known as Lunk. Will Lunk explode immediately? Recorded on Wednesday, January 25th, 2023. For Fed. Thanks for listening. When I'm cruising, I'm rushing, no booze on my tongue When I'm losing my cool like a bruiser in London The rules are confusing, so let loose the juices And try not to act like they tightened up the noose These fools are abused like a problem stepchild Ruling the coop with some modest exile I'm lost in the cube with the softest textiles A comfy padded room where I'm walking my best 
miles So wipe the smirk off your face when you're serving I'm up with a platter of bait behind the curtain Up with the curse, it's absurd to swerve it Letting these nerds know the wait was worth it I'll perk it up while I serve in some bullshit This ain't my first rodeo surrounded by humans Opinionated merchants trying to steal your worth It's getting on my nerves so let's make them feel nervous I go tit for tat when I'm spitting this rap shit Getting sick with it like I'm kissing bats It spreading sickness like a fucking pandemic Gun to my head like write the damn epic My mood is exhumed from the darkest mistakes Sitting down in hell cooking up these mixtapes Living through nightmares and dreamscapes It takes more patience than a hospital police state So I get down locked and loaded like they come for your guns Fuck no we won't be getting onto that bus Quietly sit back and watch the riot beat While the cops get filmed pirating all your Privacy. Sign on the dotted line and wave your rights and wave goodbye and pay no mind. You gotta wash the brain and erase the time. Now shut the fuck up while we wait in line. Terrible spaces.